Why are so many employees leaving their jobs? There's been a lot of talk since the start of the pandemic about a great resignation or a great reassessment. People are giving it different names, but basically it speaks to the turmoil and, and the uncertainty or, or the lack of clarity around what's happening in the labor markets at the moment uh, with regard to jobs and, and why there are so many open jobs and why people aren't, for example, going back to work after leaving the workforce at the height of COVID. Uh, there's, as we stand today, there, there's 10 million open jobs in the United States. Uh, there's also a lot of uh, a lot of friction. So in the month of October, there's 100,000 workers who are striking. In August, 4.3 million U.S. workers quit their jobs. So 3% of the, the entire U.S. workforce left their position, uh, whether to find a new position or, or just to leave the workforce completely. So we're seeing that there's a lot of there's a lot of unanswered questions for, for those of us who try to understand the labor markets um, and, and trying to come up with solutions is, is difficult to do because there isn't any real indicator as to why this is happening across the board, across such a large swath of the, the working population. So what I wanted to do here was just pull together a few ideas, pull together a few reasons why we think that this is happening, why there are so many people quitting their jobs. I'd love to learn about what you think in the comments section below if you have ideas as to why people are leaving the workforce. But here are just some thoughts as uh, I think about what we're, what uh, is happening in the labor markets at the moment. So the first is that workers have unprecedented power. Labor dynamics are, are always a function of supply and demand. And for you know decades and decades, the power has been on, on the employer side. So there's been fewer jobs and more workers and, and and with that, you get a chance to lower wages and, and um, you're more competitive just as, a, as an organization because more people need to find jobs and, and um, you then have a, a larger pool of people to, to choose from. Um, that shifted dramatically with the supply chain disruptions, with, uh, I mean, just the fact that there are 10 million open jobs at the moment. Um, you can see how the power shifts over to the employee, employee side and uh as soon as you become aware of something like that, if, if you do work in an organization where you don't feel a sense of loyalty to, to the organization or the mission, then it's very easy to become swayed and, and try and find a, another job where, um, you know, you can see if you can get a, a pay bump, for example, for, for the change in jobs. And those are, you know, that's not an unreasonable thing in this market with how desperate employers are to find talent. Granted, the reality is that, and, and you know, there are articles that came out just in the last few days, and, and we've known this, you know, from from kind of anecdotal evidence and then research over time. But the pay raise that, that most people are getting for for jumping, barring a few industries where you can you can get a significant jump, we 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 looked at the creative industry just a few uh, days ago. But um, the pay raise is only four to five percent, which is not anything more than you would usually get uh, in, in in the normal market, um, and I. I'm certain is a lot smaller than what a lot of people think you can actually do by changing jobs at the moment. So that dynamic there where you've got labor and supply in, a, in such a strong imbalance with the incentive of a, of a small pay bump um, is, is the first, I think, dynamic to be aware of when it comes to uh, why this is happening, why there's been this great resignation. Because it's hard to think that people can resign, especially if you've got you know obligations, family, uh, a mortgage, rent to pay, that you can just leave the workforce completely and not have to go back. That's one of the big 
kind of dumbfounding questions, uh, you know, as we all think about the labor markets at the moment, which is, where did all these people go? And, uh, you know, trying to identify uh, a reason as to as to why individuals can leave the workforce and, and be able to afford all the obligations that they could afford before. Um, that's one that's difficult to come around to. Um, but, I mean, it, it speaks to something that's underlying in the workforce. I mean, this is the largest job vacancy crisis in history. Um, and so something shifted in the in the uh, in the labor markets there, and, and I think we're all just trying to get get our, put our thumb on it to, to figure out what's going on. The second thing to think about um, is that this is while while the implications of the labor shortages have, have kind of applied across the board across most industries, it's more dramatic in certain industries. Healthcare, for example, you know, it's it's uh, it's particularly dramatic. So, sixty two percent of hospitals are experiencing. Uh, a vacancy rate of higher than seven and a half percent. So, you know, majority of hospitals in the U.S. are, are seeing a, uh, a nursing and, and a uh, you know a talent vacancy of, of nearly ten percent. So, that's stark, and, and it probably highlights certain employer brand dynamics within the the hospital and healthcare industry. Um, but this isn't unusual. I mean, I, I spoke to a uh, an individual that works. You know, for at a manufacturing shop uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, he was saying that they're operating at seventy percent of the capacity that they need, not just to make a profit, just to stay afloat. So the they're working at if they need ten individuals to to break even, they're working with seven at the moment. So how sustainable is that over time? Again, there's probably a dynamic there where we're talking about an industry that has employer brand. It, kind of issues or, or, or there's a lack of maybe sexiness to, to that industry. Thinking of like tech and, and Amazon with their ambitious hiring. Uh, I read a some report just the other day that Amazon's looking to hire another half a million individuals. And uh, for all intents and purposes, they may they may see a shortage or they may fall short of that target, but um, they're going to have a lot less issues attracting talent with one, the industry that they're in, the, the brand equity that Amazon has, and then the employer brand that, that Amazon has. When you compare that brand to a manufacturing shop, for example, um, you know, one, one is going to win. Um, the third thing, and it's an interesting new dynamic that, that I'm learning about and I think it is, is interesting to think about, which is that millennials and Gen Z uh, have been reported to appreciate or, or, or put, place more value on something called net freedom over net worth. And uh, it, it's interesting, I, the, the idea that the, the, what we think about work and the meaning of work is shifting with such a large swath of the, the population. Um, but that also could point to what's happening with, with uh, quits, so net quits, for example, when, when people leave the workforce and the numbers that they do, maybe um, this is an indication that people are, are a little bit confused about what they want at the moment and are, are maybe going to pursue their own things, uh, maybe their own startups or their own ideas of, of what work should be. And, uh, you know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work. And then maybe in, in a few months we see uh, kind of the, the, an onrush back into the into the workforce um, when, when things Hopefully not, but when things go sour with their own ventures, I mean, th there are certain dynamics around net freedom um, that are interesting to think about. Uh, there's also a, a big element there where I think um, a, a lot of that demographic doesn't have the obligations of, of an older generation, so maybe they don't have kids or they don't have um, 
other individuals that they need to support. So you can live on a lower wage structure. But, you know, I, I feel like those options come off the table as parents um, when you've got kids that need to go to school or, or you need to, to feed the, your kids and, and different dynamics, save for college, for example. Um, so net freedom over net worth is one thing that you're going to start to see a lot more uh, literature and, and, and media coverage about. It's an interesting to think about from a from a labor shortage standpoint, and that kind of bleeds into the fourth point, which is childcare and uh, the shortage of workers in childcare and the implications across the economy that that has. So, we mentioned just a, a second ago about parents. If there are if there's a big shortage in, in the childcare industry, parents then can't leave their kids at facilities that, that look after children during the day. And that affects their work, and, and you can start to see a dynamic there where things start to get a little bit difficult. Uh, maybe one parent has to stay home uh, and, and can't, you know, go to their job or, or, or um, there's something, you know, there, there are other dynamics at work there. But the shortage of workers in childcare has widespread consequences across the, the, the rest of the economy. Um, so what we see there with unprecedented labor uh, power, so that big shift in supply and demand in, in, in labor and, and uh, you know, jobs, uh, the idea that this is more dramatic in certain industries based on their employer brand and, and the industry. Um, net freedom over net worth. And childcare, I think we've got four points there that explain some percentage of what's happening with the great resignation or the great reassessment. Um, might not explain all of it. And once again, I'm curious to know what everybody thinks uh, in the comments below. Um, but I, I don't see this... You know, if you think of those those four implications there, this is going to be something that's going to take a minute to get out of. Um, and maybe we never do when there's a realignment of, of the actual economy and, and, and the dynamics around work and things. But four things to think about uh, just uh, as we kind of try to understand what's happening with the Great Resignation. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next 12 months, especially as we go through the holiday season and, and you know, we see traditional retailers that need seasonal or rely on seasonal workers to to you know get through their their fiscal years so uh, something about retail that maybe not everybody knows but for most of the months of the year typically retail loses money they typically make all of their money in that kind of november december time frame where they can capture a lot of holiday sales um, it'll be interesting to see the dynamics around those companies whether they're able to fill their pipelines and, and their um their org charts with as many people as they need going into the, in the going into the end of the year, and if they can't, what does that mean for those businesses? Um, and then, you know, as we kind of come out through the the year end of the year into the beginning of next year, what happens with the supply chain issues, and and uh, you know, what what are the implications with labor again going forward? Whether, of course, there's even more friction as we go into the into the the last couple months of the year, like we're seeing at organizations like Netflix and and stuff. So. Very interesting time to be working in, in the space around work and, and labor. Um, but yeah, something that's difficult to, to explain at the moment. Um, well, we'll see.